Peace and prosperity is my first salute to you. I'm Merton Clark, and welcome to the Word of Truth Revealed podcast. It is my desire to build you up, to increase your spiritual stamina and tenacity, to empower effectiveness and help you discover your purpose. Enjoy this vibrant and dynamic message. There are people who are very hungry for natural things, but God wants us to desire spiritual things. In our text, I read from verse 1 to 9, there's one more verse that I would like to add to that, and that is verse 10. That is verse 10. They'll put it back on the screen. That is 1 Kings 3, verses 4 through 10. Verse 10 says, The Lord was pleased that Solomon had asked for this. In other words, his request pleased the Lord. I want you to think about the things that you desire or the things that you go after. A lot of times the things that we go after please us. And it may make us feel good, but just because it pleases us doesn't mean it pleases the Lord. Solomon asking for wisdom touched the heart of God. And very seldom have I seen in scripture where any person praying where you would hear the recorder say something like, and his request pleased the heart of God or his heart or her heart really pleased the Lord. But for some reason, it's recorded here in First Kings that the request of Solomon for a discerning heart pleased the Lord. And I believe God wants us to aim above natural accomplishment above things that we can do in the earth, the things that make us feel like we're connected with earthly things and start pursuing some things from a supernatural perspective, things that man can't grant us or that people can invest in or that people can't really connect with. When you ask for wisdom, you please the Lord. And so I want to just drop that in your soul. That today we need to begin to ask for the wisdom of God. I'm going to talk about wisdom in a very unique way. Uh, it's one of the things that I asked God for when I was 25 years old. There are times when I haven't walked in wisdom. There are times when I've been criticized about my decisions, the decisions that I make. And it's easy to give me the thumbs up or the thumbs down. But if you stood here, we, I wonder how many people would give you a thumbs up if you had to make some decisions about life or to take care of people. When, we shut down the church for the COVID-19. A lot of people that were religious here said, that's not God. Church needs to stay open. They said all of that until they called COVID themselves. But what I'm supposed to do is listen to the voice of people who really don't care about the flock. They're only a, a concerned about and consumed about what they feel at the moment. But we're called to see beyond what we feel and what we think and lead people into another level of understanding. We're called to restore the fallen here. Now, if you didn't know that and you see me move, say, well, what's up? I'm called to restore the fallen. Who called me? God called me to do that. And he's sustaining me when I do it. Sometimes it is a division. That's what Jesus said. I didn't come to make everybody comfortable. I came with a sword. It's going to divide some stuff. Right? For the woman caught in the act of adultery, for Jesus now to say you without saying, it caused a lot of people to walk away. But what is he trying to do? That is to restore. And when you start restoring people, you're going to mess up a whole lot of church people. And so we want to make sure that we're embracing the wisdom of God, wisdom of God, not knowledge, not, not uh, stem, but wisdom. The wisdom creates stem. STEM comes from the wisdom of God. Technology comes from wisdom. Engineering co comes from wisdom. Uh, uh, mathematics comes from wisdom. Science comes from the wisdom of God. There are three books in the Bible. We call them the wisdom books. The wisdom books. The wisdom books or wisdom literature. And that is Proverbs Ecclesiastes and the book of Job. All three of these books are addressing the same set of problems and issues that men face, the same kinds of questions that men and women face for generations in the past, 
but also for generations to come. What kind of world are we living in? What kind of world do you want to live in? What kind of world would you like to live in? We can all find fault with this world. And if you find fault with this world, you're going to find fault with churches because the church casts a net into the world to bring people in of all kinds of development stages, of all kinds of issues, of all ethnicities, of all kinds of experiences and backgrounds. Yet we're called to help these people to become better people. You want a good life? You want a better life for you and your family? Well, you need to know the wisdom literature that the Bible has released for you to study so you'll understand it. And when you do, sometimes it will pinch because it will tell you that what you're feeling and what you experience, even though it's right for you, is not godly. And things that you may abhor, God may be in it. Let me tell you about God. He's always with the underdog. So the world can give you the, down, the, the thumbs down and God will say, I'm giving you the thumbs up. You could be the worst of the worst and God would say, I'll use. You could be a Paul who actually murdered people, came to the church, drug them out, and then God turned around and said, I want to use you. Then you could be in the church all day like Ananias and Sapphira. I ain't giving to that. I'll keep it for myself and die in the church. Same church, different result. You may think you're okay, but you may not be okay. And that's why we need to listen to what the scripture is saying. Right now, scripture, philosophy is kicking out scripture. Intellect is kicking. We don't need scripture. That's not what that meant. I don't know. We're really moving away. And it tells me that we're living in what we call, the Bible calls perilous times. Where men will be lovers of themselves more than lovers of God. Turning away from the truth. So what are you going to do with it? You're going to try to fix it or you're going to say that ain't God. <laughs> and if you say that's not God, you're going to draw a line in the sand. Glory to God. And sometimes you'll stand alone. The three wisdom books, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and Job. And I want you to think about uh, each book being a person. Proverbs is a person Ecclesiastes is a person, Job is a person. Job is an old man that's been beat down, hurt so many times, lost his family, lost everything, lost his money as well, filed bankruptcy nine times, gone through all kinds of issues, physical stuff. And it's not until the end of his life that things are turned around. Guess what? He prayed for his friends and God turned his captivity. He stopped being selfish. The thing that he feared the most came against him. That's what you need. He's an old man that has some bad experiences. Ecclesiastes is a critic. It's a person that looks at life, can always tell you what's wrong, always tell you who's wrong, always tell you what they don't like. It's all vanity. You find those kind of people. And we need to hear from Ecclesiastes. At the conclusion of the chapter or the book, you'll hear the conclusion of the whole matter is to fear God and to keep his commandment. This is the duty of man. You'll also hear the writer, which is Solomon, but you hear the writer and you need to see a critic now. You need to hear a writer saying, I tried everything. I tried the herb. I tried this. I tried that. I had women. I had many marriages. I had many failures. I built houses of them. I even took them to the, to the highest mountain. I let them offer up incense, but it's all vanity. I had party after party. Every pleasure that a person can desire, I experienced. But the conclusion of the whole matter is to fear God and keep his commandments. Proverbs is an energetic, powerful, smart woman. She's energetic. She's powerful. She's smart. The kind of person you want in your life every single day. She knows a whole lot about a whole lot of things. She's smart about everything. She's smart about work. She's smart about relationships. She's smart about money. She's smart about integrity. She's smart about romance or sex. And she's smart about spirituality. You want to be able to pull her up like you pull up Siri. Blimble up Siri. Tell, well, tell me a little bit about relationships. Okay, here's a thousand things on relationship. Well, tell me about sex. Bam. Here it is. Tell me about spirituality. Here's 10,000 things on spirituality and all of the scriptures you need on it. 
Well, tell me a little bit about work. Tell me about occupation. What should you do to have a better job? Siri can give it to you. Can't compare the wisdom, though. Wisdom, it comes from God. Siri comes from man. But you need to see a type of Siri, a person that's sitting next to you, but an energetic woman. Tell me about philosophy. Well, a lot of people who embrace uh, international philosophies or international uh, issues or, or things that you believe, you know, we need to do, like, say, climate change, which I do believe we need to look at it. But when you look at it, the people that are going after it, if you stroll it on down, right, strolling on down, maybe still living with parents. But you got a global perspective as it relates to climate change, which I'm not saying you're not smart, but wh why not deal with cleaning room first? And then once we get room together, life, personal life together, finances together personally, and then you start gaining an education, then you can step out of the home into what you're doing and eventually pick up a global perspective. But what good is it to be on YouTube or to be on Facebook doing whatever and don't have house together? Wisdom says you need to get home first and then we'll worry about the world. So she knows a lot about work, relationships, money, and money matters. We have a ministry here called Financial IQ to raise your financial IQ level. The more you know about money, the more you can do. Not just the tithe or the offering and the first offering, but what do you need to do with your money? Let me just help you. Wisdom says if you got a stimulus check, don't let Walmart Dillard's, Neiman Marcus, still it all. Can you save a little bit? That's what wisdom would say. Consider the ant, oh slugger. Consider the ant. Well, I'm more smarter than it. Are we? Are we? It just depends on how you feel, right? Ants are in Dillard's too. They are. But they're taking what they take out of Dillard's and storing it for a rainy day. We take what we have in the bank and spend it all. Integrity. Sexuality and sexual traps. Even spirituality. She's a woman that's roaming the earth, screaming, calling out to humanity to lend her assistance. She wants to give you aid so you can make the right choices. She's screaming, the scripture says. That's Proverbs 1. She's in the street. She's in the midst. Screaming for people to listen. Screaming for people to say, you've been going that way too long. Screaming to say, you're overbearing here. Screaming to say, stop. There's a stop sign. Screaming to say, don't text and drive. She's screaming, but who's listening? Who's listening? She's visible to the people who can hear the screens. So what would she be right now if she's in the midst of the street? She's at a stoplight saying stop. It's a silent sign, but if you look at it, it'll say stop. If you're not paying attention, you'll go into the intersection, possibly hurt yourself or hurt someone else. She's a sidewalk. She's in a preacher, whether it's pastor, male or female, saying watch your ways. Don't do this. Who's listening? We're texting while the preacher's preaching. Or Googling what he's saying. <laughs> Come on, man. It's not a time to study the Bible while the preachers preach it. Study at home. And so what is wisdom saying? What is wisdom doing? What are we doing with her voice? She won't be comforted. She won't be, you try to put a, she won't be comforted. She squeals out of it. How long, simple ones, will you love simplicity? How long will you go after intellect? How long will you go after friendships that are never going anywhere? How long will you go after the stuff? Seek first kingdom and his righteousness and all of these things will be added unto you. Glory to God. She's saying, lend me. I want you to allow me to assist you. Wisdom is also seen in skill. If repetition is the mother of skill, instruction is the father, the two coming together create the child of productivity. 
a skilled person who excels in a skill or in a craft is also a person who excels in wisdom. So if you're a brick mason or if you were a contractor or if you were a musician and you excelled in your skill, God says you're excelling in wisdom. If you're not excelling, you're not excelling in wisdom. If you're still kind of flowing with it, okay, you're not excelling in wisdom. But when you develop your skill, you're developing in wisdom as well. To show us that your possession or you possess wisdom, but wisdom requires for you to work hard to develop the skill. To develop the skill, to develop the know-how, to develop a good life. If you work hard and apply wisdom to your life, you can develop a good life. And you may be able to sing that song. I'm living my best life. <laughs> I don't like that song because I don't think none of us should be living our best life. Your best life is always futuristic. If you live in your best life and that's where you stand, you quit. I will be living my best life. I'm going to be striving for it until Jesus takes me out of here. And then I really live the best life. This is only a drop in the bucket compared to eternity. So I want you to think about it. If anybody never, ever had surgery, you sat there. I, I've had surgery and uh, the, uh, the physician or the anesthesiolo anesthesiologist comes in. And he's got a little, you know, syringe. I say, you know what? Has anybody ever won a battle between you and that needle? He says, no one has ever won a battle. <laughs> when I insert this, <laughs> this, he said, that's funny. When I insert this, everybody that tries to fight me loses. I said, well, I'm going to try to fight you today. Yeah. I'm going to fight you. He said, go for it. I'm going to count down. And when I count to zero, that's when I'm going to start inserting it. Right. And I, good luck. Good luck. He said, three, five, four, three, two, one. Okay. I'm certain. I said, I'm fighting. I'm, uh, uh. Next thing I know, Mr. Clark, everything is well. Say if it was two hours, I would know if it was two hours, five hours, or ten hours. I don't know what happened. I don't know if they had to revive me. I don't know what happened. All I know is I heard a lady saying, everything is well. Come on. Come on back. Come on back. Come on back. That's how eternity is. When you die in Christ, you rest with the Lord. You don't know how long it is. You just rest. It could be 10,000 years. You'll blink your eyes and 10,000 years pass because you're resting in the Lord. And if you compare this life to eternity, that eternal rest, it's a drop in the bucket. Compared. So you want to live your best life? Your best life is lived after this one is over because it's eternal. Wisdom says don't forsake. Don't forsake that. For what you feel here because you have nerve endings because you want to do what you want to do because your heart needs to be saved because your mind hasn't been regulated and the flesh is beating hard don't give up your heavenly vision for these moments so don't live your best life right now live it in the future glory to god Listen to that woman that's roaming in the earth screaming. Lend me. Lend to me your life. Let me assist you in life and make it better. Thank you, Lord. Let's highlight a few scriptures. 1 Kings 3 and 28. I think I read to you in Gibeon, God appeared to Solomon. He's in a high place. He said, ask for me, ask from me what you will. Solomon says, I thank you for the throne you gave my father and you were gracious to me to allow me to sit on this throne. But I'm a child. I'm ignorant. I don't have a clue. I never fought a battle. I my daddy did it. I didn't have to do that. My hands are tender. I don't know how to, to wield a sword. I have no clue about that. But I'm grateful for what you did, my father, as I align with ancestry, ancestry. As I align with the historians, as I align with the history of Israel, as I come into the line, I realize that I'm lacking. So give me wisdom. Give me an understanding heart. Let me see things from another level. 
When somebody comes to me with a problem, let me not talk about what I think it should be. I need wisdom that comes from you so I can best judge these people. And I wish that young men, young women today would have this same conversation with God, this same understanding. Do like I did when I was 25 years old. Ask God for wisdom. When he starts giving it to you, just to let you know what happened to me, uh, right after I asked that, maybe about six months later, three to six months later, I started having reoccurring dreams that I'm sitting in the back seat of a car riding and the sun is going down. I get in the back seat. I have a bald head. But when we get to our destination and I step out of the car, my hair is on my shoulders. It grew while I was in the car, almost like the hair of a woman. Like her hair, your hair right there on my shoulders, thick and with gray streaks in it. And people from all over in that region, white, black, Hispanic, no, it didn't matter about the ethnicity, would come and run their hands in my hair. I was like, what is, what's going on? The, what, what, you know, and they just come all around, multitudes of them. Each time it was growing longer until it was down my back. Now, I've never had hair. I've never been, I've never been able to, to sling. My, I want to. I mean, if I could, I would grow my hair and be the first Rastafarian, the Rastafarian bishop. I would have my hair ah, when I preach, and that's what I, ah, especially when I feel it. Instead of just tapping my head, oh, yes. That, that would be my trademark. Ah. God knew it would be vanity, right? So he didn't give it to me. He took it all now. And sometimes God doesn't allow us to manifest in some areas because it may bring glory to us. After the third time having this reoccurring dream, I got on my knees. I said, what is this? He said, you asked for me for wisdom, but I'm giving it to you spiritually. And I started noticing that people from all over were starting to come to me and asking me questions about life. I remember a lady came out of uh, Fort Pierce and drove up. Uh, this is early ministry here. We were in this building. And he uh, said, I heard you on the radio. The Lord told me to come in. And I brought my husband. But when he came in, I was in my 30s. And so he, you the pastor? I said, yeah. He was a little older, of course, in, 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 in 20 years ago. If you're a black man, black people just don't want to hear you. They can listen to a white pastor, but they don't want to hear a black pastor. I, I'm just telling you the way it is. He could say the same thing. But that's just how our people operated. It's a little better now. But when I first came here, oh, you're too young to be a pastor. I've seen it hundreds and hundreds of times. So I knew it when I saw the way he looked at me. You're the pastor? I don't know, maybe. I, I think that's what it says on the door. Anyway, he, he didn't have, you know, body language. Holy Ghost spoke to me and said, prophesy to him. Yes, Lord. I don't know what to say. I said, the Lord told me to prophesy to you. And as I opened my mouth, he said, tell him that I want to bless him with a business, but I don't trust him. I said, I believe the Lord spoke to me to say to you, sir, that he wants to bless you with a, bu a business, but he can't trust you. As soon as it came out of my mouth, his wife just, I mean, started screaming at the top of her lungs. I mean, like someone shot her in the heart and she started shaking all over. And he sat up and put his head between his legs and looked down between his legs and sat there. When it was over, she was palpitating and she said, you know what? We were having this conversation on our way here. He has a gambling problem. He takes the money that we save for business. He smokes marijuana with it. And he gambles it away. Listen to me. And we wanted to start a business. He's good as a mechanic. But this problem has stopped us. I can't trust him. Listen to what I'm saying. I said, sir, the word of the Lord will come to you. If you can get rid of these vices, God allow you to prosper. In one year, he will give you the Isaac anointing. In one year, you will prosper more than in 10. 
hear what I'm saying? Wisdom. Not combative, but wisdom. He sent me a check a few months later and said, thank you for that. I can't come back to your church because you scared me. I said, man, come on, man. I spoke by the Spirit of God. It's not condemning. It was just, in, I wouldn't know you from Adam or from Fred. But what we need to do is do what God is telling us to do. And I'm human too. I need somebody sometime to have a word for me. Not just criticism. <laughs> man, you people, man. I wouldn't wish this on anybody to stand here with our people because we just, for some reason, we just have a hard time with truth. <laughs> Let's look at some scripture here. 1 Kings 3 and 28. 1 Kings 3 and 28. When all Israel heard the verdict of the king. The verdict the king had given. They held the king in awe. Because they saw that he had wisdom. From God to administer. Justice. So what comes out of the use of wisdom? First of all, there's an aweness that happens. An awe that comes over people when wisdom is used. Secondly, God gave him the ability to administer justice. The dispense of justice. To govern from a seat of authority and to dispense justice. And there are people in the margins. They may not be sitting in the seats, uh, but they're in the margins. Uh, you don't see them. They're, they're in woods right now or walking down the concourse. They have not received the knowledge right now. And what happens is when God gives you wisdom, you're able to dispense justice to the people that are in the margins. Not just the ones that are high and educated, but the ones that are forgotten. A lot of times in America, because uh, this is a capitalistic society, people are able to make a lot of money. But those same people don't like to see the poor dealt with. Wherein, where would Jesus be? Jesus wants us to take care of those who can't take care of themselves. And it may not be a governmental uh, operation it may be the church's operation but the church needs resources and it needs its people to sow seed in it so it can do it so it can administer justice because you have no justice if you have no funds believe me even now with people going to court those that can hire high pious well-known attorneys usually can get off. And those that don't have any representation may get the book thrown at them. That's about money, not justice. The key to all of that is not to commit a crime. But if you find yourself committing a crime and you need justice or you accuse falsely of a crime... You're going to need somebody that can parlay for you. A lot of us have a faithful ministry, like coming to church and praying and tithing and doing all of that. Thank God for you. And then we have mercy ministry, like an overnight shelter. We reach out to those who can't help themselves. But justice is to destroy the systems that causes the darkness. One of the minor prophets and major prophets describe wolves and lions in the community. The wolf hunts in a pack, so does the lion. But the wolf would tear you apart while you're alive, lion. The lion usually suffocates and takes you out slow. But the wolf would tear you apart while you're still alive. We call it predator lending. 
that certain ethnic groups and certain zip codes are going to get higher interest rates. We got to destroy that system. And our church has been tasked with that. I need people that can help me speak to the city government, know the language of the government, to join city matters, to become a, a spiritual activist that has sense. We ain't taking off no clothes. We ain't painting ourselves. We're not picketing fences. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about showing up in mass and doing what we need to do to dismantle the system. To get some money for, say, health care in a community. The money is coming through the community, but a lot of times it will go to build a building when it can be building a health care facility so somebody can get some readings and get diabetic, so diabetic supplies so they can live a few more days because their grandson needs to hear their voice. Don't need them to die before time because if they don't hear their voice, wisdom is going out with you. Corona has shown us it's the straight up devil. Corona don't want anybody wise and elderly to live. And it's trying to kill those that are 65 and older. And those of us that are young really don't care about the six. Oh, you got to have faith in God. Why would you bring a disease to your mama? Are you hanging out with your buddies? Some ethnic groups can do that. But for African Americans, you need to watch what you take home. We need wisdom. Guess what Corona is after? Anybody that has a little gray hair. Anybody that has a pre-existing condition. Anybody that worked for all of these years to make sure you went to college. Now they don't. You don't care about them? We need wisdom. Whoo, Jesus. Ah. First Kings chapter 4 verse 29. Another passage about wisdom, God gave Solomon wisdom and very great insight <laughs> and a breath of understanding, Ooh. measuredless, measureless as the sands on the seashore. Solomon wisdom was greater than the wisdom of all the men of the east. And greater than all the wisdom of Egypt. Let me break that down. First of all, look and God, because he asked for it. Not only did he give him wisdom, but he gave him great insight. Or internal light. And we need the light to come on internally. In my day, Teddy Prendergrass made a song, Turn Out the Lights. Light a candle. Girl, <laughs> that was my man. My God. <laughs> Ooh, Teddy. But a lot of time when you turn off the lights and light a candle, the internal light goes out. And we need oil in our vessel. Some people, they only know the love moment. They have no clue about life. Only the love moments, that intimate moment, that uh, who I'm going to be with next. That's, that's their life. But a lot of times when you get that light, you're dark on the inside. God gave Solomon great insight or internal light. Not intellect or brilliance. That can come from reading Innately, many people are brilliant. Most people can only tap into 10% of their brain capacity. They're cerebral. But then there are others that may be able to tap into 12%. And we call them brilliant. You just have more of capacity. Some people, they may tap in the seven. And we call them slow. If God is giving you great intellect, thank God for it. Wisdom don't come from man, it comes from God. And God gave Solomon insight, even great, very great insight. So the man was able to see hindsight, the problems that he made, that he had in the past. And then he gave him foresight to speak prophetically to his future. And then he turned on the light internally and gave him insight. And then from insight, he had full panoramic view or full sight. 
And when God gives you wisdom, you'll be able to see all around. Not just behind and before, but to your left and your right. And the variables, the dark shadows in between. The scripture says he gave them the breath of understanding, measureless. That is a dimension of understanding, measureless, immense, vast as the sand of the sea. Now notice when God describes wisdom in the man, he's using things like sands on the seashore. He's, looking, he's talking about depths immeasurable, but like you can't imagine how many gallons of water are in the sea. There are depths of dimensions that, depths and dimensions that God wants to take us in. We are just satisfied with little taps of it. But there's a whole nother level. And let me hear you, let me just let you know, God told me to tell you that the caravan is on its way, the blessing is on its way, and it is the wisdom of God that attracts the blessings of God. It is not your potential that attracts the blessing. When you get this, it, it has a magnetic pull for the blessing of the Lord. The Bible says he gave him, gave him greater wisdom than all of the men of the east. Greater wisdom than all of the wise men of Egypt. Egypt represented science and technology and mathematics of that day. Wisdom can exceed STEM. The Egyptians at one time, even the Babylonians after this, but the Egyptians build the pyramids. And even now the Japanese tried to do that with modern technology and couldn't do it. How did they do it in the desert? How did they build a pyramid? I visited the pyramids. One of those stones is like several tons. How did you move them? How did you get them up there that high? How did it happen? Who were, who were the engineers that make that happen? And it still stands today thousands of years later. Moses was a part of that, watching that kind of thing go on. Moses may be 4,000 years old or dead. And it's still standing today. The Sphinx. You go there. And one of the things you'll see when you go to Egypt, when you're in Cairo, the capital of Egypt, and you start riding for miles, you'll see graveyards. And people living in the graveyards because they still talk to their ancestors. They live in the graveyard, build houses in the graveyard, go out and talk to the ancestors like they're still alive. Moses was there. If you go to the museum and you see some of those 4,000-year-old statues, they look like their eyes are following you. It's spooky. I said, I got to get up out of here. You've been to Egypt, right? It's true. It's a very unusual place. But Solomon's wisdom exceeded all of the men of Egypt, the wisdom of Egypt. In other words, they came to Israel to speak to the man. Should that pique your interest? My God, you know, you'll travel from Egypt all the way on the back of a camel or horse just to sit in this man's presence. Whew. First Kings chapter four and verse 32. He spake 3000 proverbs. His songs number 1005. He could describe plant life, all types of plants. You want to talk about an interesting person. From the cedar of Lebanon to the hyssop that grows from the walls. Ah. Talking about conversationalists. He also taught about animals and birds. He knew the difference between birds and raptors or hummingbirds and raptors and could name them. They may have come from him. What about reptiles and fish, all type of fish? How did you get this knowledge? You didn't watch the Discover Channel. How could you tell the difference between mammals, sea creatures, dolphins and whales and all of the fish that we can eat, the edibles? Look at this, verse 34, the men of all nations came to listen to Solomon's wisdom sent by all the kings of the world who had heard 
of his wisdom. 3,000 golden nuggets, 1,005 songs, worship and praise, vegetation and diet, hyssop and medicine. You mean you can talk about medicine, natural remedies? The animal kingdom and all of its dynamics and its hierarchy. That in the animal kingdom is survival of the fittest. What about patterns and circles? Reptiles and fish. Cold-blooded animals like constrictors and vi vipers. And men of every ethnicity, economic status, and social background came to hear the man. High-ranking officials were impacted by the wisdom. What is God saying to you? Why would you? It's the principal thing. It is the principal thing. And if it, it, it is the principal thing, look at what benefits it gives us. When you get wisdom, God starts pumping into you knowledge that's beyond your ability. He start giving you access into realms of the kingdom that you never thought you would have. But you need wisdom to not only get there, you need wisdom to stay there. Wisdom can improve and enhance and increase and expand, even develop your life and all aspects of your life physically, mentally, emotionally, and financially. In the early service, I talked about uh, how the Queen of Sheba, 1 Kings chapter 10, came into the realm of Solomon. The Queen of Sheba. Sheba is a territory. Not a woman, but a territory. The Queen of Sheba. In this territory, you have high mountains. It was her territory. She was also in a very unusual spot. A trade. She was a, a trade master. Because of her territory, people that came off the Mediterranean Sea with major ships, they had to come to her, dock, and then take their, unload their treasury and then disperse it along the Mediterranean shores down to the south and to the north and follow her paths on her land. A very wealthy woman. But the Bible says she came to Solomon because she had come to the end of her rope. She didn't sleep her way to the top. She came there from hard work. But then she came to an edge because it was dominated by men. And she needed wisdom in how to take it to another level. She possibly came to him because she wanted to expand her business model. But one thing she realized, if I come to the king, I need to bear gifts. And the Bible says, hallelujah, that she took caravans. She took caravans of spices on the back of camels and moved toward Jerusalem to see the king. Josephus, which is a Jewish historian, said the, the spices were so potent that for miles you can smell it from distant land. Just to get into the presence of the king. And the scripture says she gave him hard questions. They weren't just tough intellectually, but she was harsh as she spoke. I want to know about this, and I want to know about that, and I want you to tell me this, and I'm not asking for you to do nothing for me. Like some of our 21st century women, I got my own voice. I do what I do. Josephus says Solomon didn't come at her harshly. He could have. Could have rebuked her for days. Just using his proverbs to do it. Josephus says that he calmed himself. Changed his tone. Realizing that the woman needed another approach. Because a woman's heart is like deep waters. Who can understand it? That's why you grab a tiger by the tail. You think you calmed her. But her mind can be on the other side of town. That's why you need wisdom if you're going to deal with a 21st century woman. I'll preach myself happy. 
You may be able to deal with one dimension of her with the physical side, but there's other dimensions like the sands of the sea and like the depths of the waters, glory to God, and you need the wisdom of God if you're going to sail on her emotions. You don't get this from a book. You get this from a king. God give me wisdom that I may, I'm a child. I need another dimension that you can add to a man. And so God granted it to him like no one else on the face of the earth. As I close and don't move, I just want to give you something. I want to draw your attention to Luke chapter 11 and verse 31. Luke chapter 11 and verse 31, New King James Version. And it reads like this. The queen of the south, speaking of Sheba, this is Jesus speaking now, shall rise up in the judgment with the men of this generation and condemn them. In other words, she's going to rise up, her life is going to rise up and condemn men of this generation who have authority and power. Look at this. For she came from the ends of the earth. She didn't come just people, ah, that's too far. I'm not driving that far to go to church. I'm not doing it, but to go all the way to Neiman Marcus over in Orlando to get some perfume. <laughs> to be a part of your team will do everything you want, but won't tie with the church. I don't like those people and you think you're moving by the wisdom, but it's not godly. She's going to rise up. Look at this and come from the ends of the earth. She came from the ends of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon. Ha. And indeed, a greater than Solomon is here. You'll do all of that for Solomon, but don't want to come to the church. COVID! But you don't even claim COVID when you do what you want to do. We can't even find you in church. No seed, no nothing. And I'm not crying or begging. God is sustaining the house. But I want you to hear the heart of God and wisdom. Jesus stood over Jerusalem and wept uncontrollably. I'm in the midst of you. God on earth manifested. And you missed it. You missed your visitation. You're all up in yourself. You heaped under yourself teachers that's going to tell you you're all right because you got an education. But education don't take you into the next dimension. It may take you up the corporate ladder, but it won't give you what comes from God. It won't sustain life. Only the wisdom of God sustains the life. Ooh, Jesus. Hallelujah. Come back to the wisdom of God. When is the last time you prayed and asked God to give you insight? So the queen of Sheba brought all of these spices. She brought these spices. They didn't look like this. But spices make this. Florals make this. Fruits make this. Woods make this. Like Tom Ford. Tom Ford, you ever heard of him? This is what you call niche. This is niche. Yet this is not brute. Old Spice. This is niche. You put this on, you sit up straight. You don't slouch it, no slouch it. Ah, what's up? What's up? No, no, no. You put this on, you sit up straight. Hold another level. Hold another level. The Lord told me the caravans are coming. The caravans of the spices are coming from the people of God. What attracts it is the wisdom of God. You want a blessing? You don't have to ask for blessings. You get wisdom and blessings will overtake you. Solomon's wisdom knew about florals and plants and herbs and hyssop. He may have created before time the first perfumes. Off the chain. If you want to take dominion, 
take dominion over your time, talent, and energy, you consecrate a tithe. That's how you take dominion over your time, talent, and energy. You consecrate a tithe and present it to the Lord. And that tithe is a representative of your time, talent, and energy unto the Lord. And it becomes a sweet savor to God. And if you want to take dominion over woods, florals, and fruits, you create perfume. And you carry all of those woods, florals, in this one bottle. That's why it's called niche. Very unusual. From the house of creed. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my. Oh my God. Oh my God. A lot of people like to taste and see. That's why restaurants are full. But you got a whole nother scent that you've never ever awakened. It's called your sense of smell. Oh, I like flowers. Mm -hmm. That's all you, but you don't understand the power of it. And it's never designed to just make you feel good it's, or designed to make itself feel good. It's supposed to magnify the person that is squirted on. God, Jesus. And God wants you to get his scent now. You got the world is sent, but do you, God wants you to have his scent. The anointing carries a scent. The anointing carries a smell. And God told me to tell you it's on his way. But wisdom will attract it. Not your education. The wisdom of God. Who, Jesus. Not your ability to network. The wisdom of God. Not your ability to sing. The wisdom of God. Not your ability to play. The wisdom of God. Not your ability to preach. How do you apply knowledge to your circumstance? Thank you, Lord. For instance, if you ever grant somebody access, you never tell them, I didn't want to do it anyway. When you say, I didn't want to do it anyway after granting access, you undermine your authority. You just undercut yourself. That tells me and it tells the person you can write or sign your name but not mean it. When you sign your name, before you sign your name to any document, you need to come in within yourself that I will never with my words deny what I'm putting on this paper. We're not living in those times today. We're living in a time now where people will sign one thing, but their heart is over here. Take dominion over your authority by never undercutting it with words, even if you get frustrated. I gave birth to you, but I really didn't want to have any babies. I started to get an abortion. Worst thing you can say to a child, even when you say I'm sorry, they'll remember why did you go through with it then? You should have killed me. Though you didn't kill me, you'll never have my soul now. I'm trying to give some people wisdom here. Young mothers don't ever do that. I don't care how frustrated. Don't ever say I started. Don't ever do that. You say, well, Bishop, why are you? Because it's happening like you wouldn't believe. While we singing Kumbaya and got our little parties going on. They're young girls raising children and they don't have no mother. And you need the wisdom of God. Wisdom is a collection of knowledge and understanding that's passed down in capsules to the next generation. Hopefully they can take my science, technology, engineering and mathematics and then do something with it to broaden it to create a Google. Don't you sit back and say, look what I created without thinking about the ones who didn't have access and no computers at all. And they built New York City. What kind of engineer was that to foresee a metropolitan? To build it on a rock and then create an aqueduct from 100 miles to draw fresh water to it. With no technology. You got it all and tell me how hard you got it. You need the wisdom of God and wisdom was never able, never meant to just rest on one generation. We prepare people for our absence. You got to draw from the history of your people and bring all of that and appreciate it. 
All of you that are part of the cancel culture that don't believe nobody's right but you. you got all of the answers. You better watch that. You need your ancestors' knowledge. Because you may have a Google but don't know how to use it. Or you have a device and all you're doing is watching pornography on it. You're killing your creativity. I ain't getting no help on that. glued to your device glued to it glued to it watching all kind of movies now you can project it on the screen at home parents go away full movie instead of using it for YouTube educating yourself you're locked up and you wonder why you're dead inside you have no wisdom Hopefully God is breaking down the barrier so we can all get back to wisdom. Glory to God. And I'm not giving my cologne away, okay? I know you're praying. I know you're praying. Somebody came to my Are you listening? Yes, I'm listening. You heard what God said? What did he say? I've been praying that you... I say pray hard harder <laughs> wisdom is taking dominion over things that are natural putting it in a form where other people can access it all of your knowledge can you make it simple all they have to do is squirt it and enjoy it. only God can do that he can do it through you though this is wisdom Wisdom. Father, I give you praise for this moment. You spoke to my heart and I speak to your people. I don't know what I'm doing without you. I don't have any natural ability. Only what you can give. I'm grateful for every morsel, for every nugget, for all insight or internal light. I pray now that this message and this scent, this caravan that's on its way, would awaken the expectation of your people to believe for the next dimension. <laughs> We're so grateful to have you as our king. We're so grateful to know you. In the power of your resurrection and in the fellowship of your suffering. Being crushed. Even unto death. That the oil can be released, the anointing can flow. Thank you, Lord. Thank you so much for the synchronization of the priesthood in America and in this church. Thank you for the wisdom of Solomon Thank you, God, that that wisdom is for this day. As you said in the book of Luke, the queen of Sheba will stand over and against the men of this generation because she came from miles through rough terrain and danger to sit at the feet of a man that was wise and one greater, indeed, greater than Solomon is here. Let this revelation hit every Christian in the name of the Lord who was lackadaisical. And let the Queen of Sheba provoke us to another level of participation, consecration, engagement, and involvement. I activate involvement 
an engagement in the hearts of your people now. Help us to stay connected and give you praise for what's coming. We love you, Lord, and we honor you. In Jesus' precious name, amen. It has been a real joy to share the word of God with you. A special thank you to those who care for this ministry. No amount of financial support is too small. It is because of you this ministry is possible. To support us, go to our website at truthrevealed.org. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and share with friends. Be sure to tag us when you share at Trim Nation One. Thanks again for listening. And until next time, I'll see you at the Word of Truth Revealed.